Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tandem Coaching Academy's Keeping Agile Coaching Non-Denominational Podcast. We are your hosts today, Sheree Silas and I, Alex Kudnov, and today we have Lily Seto as our guest. Lily is a certified executive coach, a mentor coach with International Coach Federation, and an accredited coach supervisor. Lily supports her clients through leadership development and coaching, integrating into cultural and systemic conversations to the coaching. Welcome to the podcast, Lily. And what else do our uh, listeners need to know about you? Thanks, Alex. Well, I'm really happy and pleased and and uh, grateful to be living in uh, Victoria, BC, Canada, uh, traditional territory of the Sonic and the Lagunquin speaking people. And I'm looking out at the, at the Pacific Ocean as we speak. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice view to record a podcast. Yeah, I'm jealous. (laughs) So um, as we were chatting about the topic, uh, it kind of coalesced around coaching supervision and how supervision is important for uh, coaches' development. So um, give us a little bit of a backstory. How did you arrive to supervision? Well, first of all, I want to say that supervision, many people, when they think about that word, they think that there's a hierarchical structure, and that's not what it is. The word is unfortunate for what we do. It's really creating a space for reflective practice to get better at our craft and our profession. So I um, I had put together a coaching um, culture strategy for a large organization about 10 years ago. And we hired 16 full-time coaches and trained them all and did some inter-coaching with them to the definition what ICF calls mentor coaching. So it was about core competency building. And I started to notice that there there were some questions around uh, where people were getting stuck and um, some questions about confidence and all of that. And they didn't quite fit with the core competencies. So I thought there's got to be something else out there. So I went looking and I found coaching supervision. And at that time, I think there may have been one supervisor in all of North America. And, uh, and it would have meant me traveling to Europe three times to get certified. So I kind of put that idea on the shelf for a while because I was a salaried employee at the time. and It would have been a large expense. And then funnily enough, within three months, someone had sent me an email that said, oh, we're starting a supervision course in North America. I was quite excited. It was um, uh, so I got the last scene on it, and uh, I loved it, and I really appreciated that space that's created. And so we introduced um, coaching supervision to this internal group of coaches as well, and they loved it, and they developed very quickly. I could see the confidence and and um, and the quality of service that was being provided. Our clients were really pleased with it. And then what happened was I, um, I ended up looking up one day and going, all right, the program's running. It's, on, it's in uh, a maintenance mode. It's time for me to leave. So I thought, okay, let's go back to my, um, my private practice. And I introduced supervision and nobody came. <laughs> this was eight years ago. And so I went, okay, people don't know about it. So I spent about a year with two other supervisors um, doing webinars around the world to the, I think we touched 50, 50 plus chapters uh, where we did a demonstration of coaching 
mentor coaching and coaching supervision so people could actually see the difference and generated a conversation. Um, and now it's a place where people are knocking on my door. I don't need to do much marketing of it, but I love talking about it. So here we are talking about coaching supervision. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so what is the difference between coaching, mentoring, and supervision? Mm, that's the first question everyone asks. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I'm very aware these are social constructs, right? We, we decided, okay, according to ICF, mentor coaching is we are look, listening to a recording and we're giving feedback on how you're doing against the core competencies. It's pretty uh, clear in definition. Supervision is a little more nebulous. It's really about thinking about a, a, a case or a trend in your coaching and just noticing things and having a place to talk about it and to to figure out how do you want to be as a coach. So mentor coaching is more about how are you doing it? And supervision is about who are you being in it? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of, and there is, of course, to me, it's a Venn diagram, coaching supervision and, and mentor coaching. And we're asking questions, we're holding space, there's presence, all of that. And then there is a defining piece for each of them. And for supervision, it's about reflection space. And we're not really looking at action items coming out of it. Yeah, I can see there's a big difference there. And what I do know is that coaching can be really creative. And I'm wondering about um, coach supervision. How do you make that a creative space? Oh, it's, um, you can go where you want with it in terms of uh, taking some of the tools from, um, from other disciplines. For me, I use a, what I call the metaphor magic box. So it's a little tin of, uh, of uh, charms and I have people build out their scenario and we, we debrief it and it's amazing. I think I've done it a thousand times and I'm always amazed at what comes out of just using a box of charms or shells or buttons or little pebbles or sometimes I'll ask my clients virtually to pick 10, 12 random items in their home and we use that to sort of depict their what's going on for them. Um, I use chairs. So in supervision, we can um, depict a client, you know, bring them into a room and have a chair that represents who they are. And my supervisee will actually sit in their chair to say, what would they say? What would they be thinking? And back and forth. So that's another way we use cards. Um, there's also a program on mural that you can use to use different cards and, and items and um, I use the ecology, so I'll take my clients, we'll go out into the woods, separate parts of the world even, different woods and say, you know, what's, what's, the, what's your environment telling you about the question that you're asking about? So it's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, sounds like a lot of the work you do in coaching with constellations and different things like that. And so I, I see the connection and so when we do when you do supervision is it one-on-one -on -one? is it you know is there a room full of 40 people how does all that work mm -hmm. so i do have some one-on-one -on -one clients and i also i love this group supervision more than one-on-one -on -one, i think because we can learn in community 
and learn together and, and normalize some of the stuff that's going on for us. Mm -hmm. And so my groups right now, I have seven groups going and they have four to five people in it maximum so that we can really hold some space to have some deep conversations. Um, we take turns bringing cases and trends, patterns that we have to the space. And then we all participate in the conversation about what's happening. And then we all learn together. So it's been really great. Awesome. So, and it's interesting, um, when you work with individuals, I'm pretty sure you learn a lot. And uh, whether you're coaching or whether you are a supervisor, uh, and it's a reflective space for both your client and maybe for you as well. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that in a group setting, this learning is just amplified so much. So, so how do you ensure that this knowledge, you, you, you still have space to incorporate this knowledge, to absorb it and to bring to the next group, to the next generation of coaches and supervisors. Mm -hmm. And the question was? How do you ensure you, you, you're, you're absorbing that and what you're learning from these groups? Oh, as a supervisor or as a yeah. participant? Oh, as a supervisor. Well, I'm always growing as a supervisor. I'm learning, like, um, I'll admit a quality failure. <laughs> One of the groups that I uh, started, we started together about, I want to say three months ago. And I was getting pretty blasé about groups. It was like, I'm doing, I've done so many and, you know, I've got the, and this group went off the rails really fast. And it was like, oh my and I had and I had to make a choice between do I deal with it right in there in the moment? We've got three minutes left in this call. Um, or do I you know work with it outside of this space and then bring it back into the space? And I and because of the time, um, we ended the call and I reached out to the person where it went off track. We had this great conversation. And then the next time we agreed that the next time we came back into the space, we would talk about what happened. And we did. And it really actually took the group to a deeper level. Huge trust formed. And now they're, if you can get uh, the group to be vulnerable in that space and really talk about really what's going on, the conversations are really deep and really transformational. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a lot of the people who join supervision really have um, a growth mindset. Absolutely. And, um, and they want it. So I'm not one to push things out and market heavily. I know the people that want to come will come. And almost always, they have this curiosity and they have this growth mindset and they want to get, get better at what they're doing. And they want a space where they can... Uh, network with other coaches and feel like they're in this belonging because because our, our work often is is individual and very it can be lonely if you're a coach out there doing your own thing not necessarily knowing what's happening in the world not sure whether you're doing things right so actually in this group we're able to say okay oh i've got that same issue so there's this thing around systemic energy where What's happening here likely is happening over there. 
And right now, the big one is how much grief is in the world. And so in the group supervision, we talk about what's going on in the world that's affecting our coaching. Coaching looks a little different now than it did before the pandemic, I think. More of our clients need space to process what's going on, how their life has changed, what's happening in the system around them. Like there's a lot of even, yeah, I would say all, all my clients have some have not have been affected in some way, some more than others by the pandemic, by the social justice issues, by what's happening to Mother Earth. like, And so those are conversations and topics that often come up. Um, and I coach in quite a big variety of groups. So I have indigenous clients, quite a few of them, and all the way to the military. And so, and, and then corporations and, and uh, nonprofit in between as well. And what's common again with everybody is those three big, what I call the three big buckets pandemic. And in fact, opioid is big in the indigenous organizations here in BC as well. So uh, pandemic, opioid, um, environmental issues and, um, and social justice, those are huge. We have huge racism things happening here with the indigenous communities. We have flooding. We have avalanches, like there's, there's a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And it does lend itself really well to the conversation of not only diversity, but true inclusion and incorporating and kind of embracing all the issues that come from a variety of spaces, a variety of sides. So how, how do you even start thinking about holding this space that is bringing with problems, variety of problems? How do you bring your presence into this place? Oh, that's a great question. And, and um, one of the biggest learnings I have from working with the indigenous community is that everything happens through relational practice. Take care of the relationship then you can have the conversations. And for me, um, the way I look at it, I, the way I look at diversity is that we all are unique human beings. And please don't say, I just because I'm Chinese Canadian, I'm a certain way. So when I look at it, um, I look at diversity, I look at myself and go, what are all the different elements of myself that I bring to the conversation? I'm a grandmother, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, I've got a degree. I've got a postgraduate degree, I have training, I have I, my socioeconomic status is there, my gender's there, my uh, the way I think is there. I, I laugh at myself because I'm a I'm a big picture all over the map kind of person and I chase 20 different shiny objects at the same time. Uh, whereas there are some people that are quite detailed and they love to be very structured. Um, and I I used to, those people used to drive me crazy, but now I love them because they, they help keep me lined on track. <laughs> Without them in my life, I would be like lost. So knowing these things about myself and then actually inquiring into who's that person that I'm working with, whether in a group or in a individually, yes, they may be Korean, 
but they're also a person and what are the elements of them that I need to pay attention to and then there's this third bubble that we create around what are those elements of them and me that are in this this space that we are working in um, so yeah that's kind of how I look at how to work with diversity mm -hmm. So, and it kind of brings back the kind of the classic coaching triangles, the coach, the client, and the whole relationship. And you started with absolutely fantastic assertion or statement that take care of relationship and then everything else will either fall in place or will follow. Um, and in your practice, as you bring these diversity of experiences, diversity of origins and uh, thoughts. So in your supervision, especially group supervision, how do you help manage this space? How do you help nurture this space so that it's open, it's safe, and uh, people actually get what they came to that space for? Well, that's a great example of where relational practice is key. Because oftentimes in my groups, they don't know each other. I'm the common thread. They've come to me. Most of them have seen me at, a, at a, an event or they hear a podcast like this one and they go, oh, I want, I'm curious about how she works and maybe try something out that she does. And so um, I'm mindful that I have this relationship with everyone and, and I interview people and decide, is this someone that is a good fit for me? Um, and I heard somewhere, can't remember where, if you have seven people in a group, that's 121 relationships to manage. And so, so when you're working with a group, you know, you're, you're a supervisor and you're also a facilitator of a group. And so you're doing this dance around, yes, I am a supervisor and I'm paying attention to the dynamics in the group and I am cultivating the relationships and I am holding the space for what needs to happen. And I don't want to rescue everyone here. And my responsibility is to enable the conversations that need to happen. So that's a lot to, to um, I think, pay attention to. So I need to be on top of my own game when I come into a supervision space. I've got to do my centering. I've got to clear my mind and just be totally present for whatever's going to show up in that space. Because I love to work with emergent. What's coming up? What's, I never know how a, a group is going to go, a conversation is going to go. Um, it just emerges. It takes on a life of its own. <laughs> it's a living organism. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the things that go into figuring out which people go in which groups? Just throw them all in there and let them figure it out? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I have a request. Like I have a request right now. There's two very senior coaches and they want to work with two other senior coaches. So I put a word out saying, are there any other senior coaches that want to work in this group? And I trust that whoever shows up are the right people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I basically will look. Um, there are some requests that, you know, we want some male energy in this room sometimes. Um, but mostly I just trust that um, whoever's going to show up in the group is going to be the right people. Mm -hmm. And it, it's often by how, um, who's showing up at what time. 
there's a couple of groups that I have that are on their third iteration renewal because we do every I, I do like eight sessions at a time so people can opt in and opt out. Um, and sometimes if, if a group is disbanding for whatever reason, then there's one person that wants to continue, then that creates a whole new group with other people coming in, right? So um, I don't try to over manage it. And I am aware of who's going into what groups and how that what that looks like. And, um, and I'm always looking for those growth mindset learners mm -hmm. to, to be in those spaces, yeah. Lily, how often do you get supervision? Oh, I love supervision. So uh, I'm I'm at the age and stage in my life where I don't take courses anymore. Um, but I love supervision. So I actually have four supervisors right now. Um, and sometimes it's about what's going on for me. So right now I'm working, one of them is Fiona Adamson, and she's a very heart-based supervisor. So I'm really working on um, paying attention to my heart in the coaching space and she's been lovely for me I won't name the other supervisors but uh, I have a male white male 70 year old supervisor I have one that's um, another white male probably 50 and who's the fourth one um I think I'm losing it. Oh, um, yeah, I belong to a chain. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, could you tell us a little bit about that supervision chain? What is that? Oh, this is this is a chain that originated from Oxford Brooks University in uh, in the UK, and uh, they graduated I think about 13 years ago, and the group stayed together. And the way it works is that. Uh, you supervise somebody for three months, or four months, and then it, you move and rotate and you supervise the next person for four months and the next person. And you have four months of being supervised as well as supervising someone else. And it's meant to be a really, um, there are some rigor around it where, you know, we're not friends. We're really in a supervision space together. And so about, I don't know, I want to say six years ago, they opened up this space to diverse, more people from different countries and different schools. And so uh, I think I came in either in the first or second round. And uh, so now that, play, that chain has, I think, probably eight to 10 countries involved it's by invitation they hold like 15 or 20 people at any given time yeah and so I get to experience supervisors from different schools and from different countries and it's been very cool sure. yeah so it sounds like you were uh, pretty much at the at the source at the beginning of the coaching supervision here in North America and now it's been uh, quite a few years that passed. And actually, I think it's last year that ICF actually formally mentioned uh, supervision as the form of coach development, self-development and reflective practice. Uh, so what other changes in supervision space do you see kind of over the years and over your experience? Yes, so ICF um, has now formally uh, 
acknowledge that supervision is a reflective practice and a way to develop. So that's been a great shift. I noticed last week an email came out saying there's a group, a supervision a community of practice now. So that's big. So I'm really excited about that. There are some sentiments in our community that it, supervision should be mandatory, but I don't think anything should be mandatory as an adult, right? I want to, and I, nor do I want people coming to me that coming because they have to, right? So on both sides. Um, so I think they're on the right track with that in terms of supervision. What we do need is to find a way to, like, I, I think when people experience supervision, then they get sold on it. It's like, oh, I want that more. I want more of that versus supervision. What the heck is that? What, are you going to be my supervisor and you're going to tell me what to do? It's like, no, that's not exactly. So uh, when I when I market something, I'll say it's reflective practice or reflection space slash supervision so that those that know what supervision is, it's there, but it really is reflection space. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the trend, it's trending. Like I said, when I first hung up my shingle, nobody came. And now, I like I said, I have seven groups and probably five individuals and I've got four sets of team coaches, like coaching in pairs that come to me for supervision. So it's more than I can handle right now. It's almost taking over uh, some of my other practices. So just shows the trending. And I know that uh, you, um, you are training supervisors yourself um, in your program. So um, what's different in supervision training from coaching training, besides just the obvious that, yes, you're going to be a supervisor? Uh, what's the mindset they bring? What, what else is different you see in those classes? Yeah, well, I don't actually train supervisors directly, but I do mentor new supervisors on their skill sets. And I am a supervisor in two different programs. Uh, and uh, Dr. Damien Goldbarg and myself have designed a course on group supervision, how to, how to dance that supervision and facilitation and how to uh, pay attention to what can happen and, and, and and build your confidence in that space. Um, and I think um, I think it's a, an area that supervisors are really curious about because I think the trending will be more to groups than individual. Like I can see, I've got a couple of clients where they're in groups and then when they have something urgent or something they don't feel they need to take to the group, then they'll, they'll book an individual session with me. So that I think is uh, the new trending in terms of the work because um, yeah, I think the, the group supervision learning space is pretty powerful. And I think there's, um, there's quite a, a range of supervision skills and supervision philosophies. One from being quite didactic and, and more like almost teaching um, and a lot of knowledge exchange all the way to the other end where it's ho really holding space and and working with emergent trending and so there's this dance between that as well for us as supervisors and there's a belief that if you're a new coach you get more of the didactic than you do with the emergent and i i'm not i'm not sure that's actually necessarily true 
Yeah, I'm not too sure if I believe that either. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's look at the Americas. This is a new thing. People are starting to get this awareness of, I need a reflective practice. I, hey, there's a supervision. The big question for me is, how do I know what to look for in a supervisor? How, how, do I, how do I know whether I'm, you know, going into a dangerous space or a good space or if they're qualified? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's another great question. So um, on our, so Damien and I run an America's Coaching Supervision Network. You can find us on uh, LinkedIn. You can find us, we, there's a website and we, we run monthly calls, no charge. You just show up in the space, no registration, very low admin because otherwise I would fail. <laughs> um, so you get to meet supervisors there and get a sense of who people are. And also on our website, there are some listings of supervisors. So if someone comes to me and wants supervision for me specifically, I'm happy to have that conversation. But if they're saying, oh, you know, I'm looking for a supervisor. I'm not sure where to go. It's like, well, check out this website and see if there's anyone there and interview a couple of people and try them out and see see what's going to match your style and who who you feel comfortable working with. But not just feel comfortable working with, also look for who might challenge you and maybe try someone that's totally your opposite to say, oh, this is a different space that that will challenge me to think differently. Hmm. There's a great supervisors in the Americas now, all the way north, south and and, uh, Central America. I think we might have, when was the last time I counted? I think we're close to 200 supervisors that I know of in the Americas. So that's a huge boom in the last five years, I think. It is a huge boom. And then in our network, we have over uh, 300 people on our mailing list and from all different countries. So uh, I think the last time we looked, 25 different countries coming on a regular basis to our calls. So we have the America Supervision Network calls usually on a Monday of, of every month in the morning. And then there's a Spanish network and there's a Asian network that run as well. And Damien does those too, because uh, <laughs> my bandwidth is the Americas right now. <laughs> yeah. So what's going to tell me um, that a supervisor is, um, they know what they're doing, right? This is un- an unregulated industry. Are there specific training or certifications or um, words <laughs> that I'm looking for that might tell me um, who to select? or who not to select? So absolutely make sure that they're certified as a supervisor. So they will have a search certificate from some uh, organization. And there are probably 10, 12 different organizations that certify. There's a couple in the Americas and many in Europe. And when people ask me about training, I'll say, here's the list. And so there's, uh, Damien runs a course. Coaching Supervision Academy runs a course. Crucial Differences out of Scotland runs a course. Uh, Tavistock, Tavistock, McTavistock runs a course. Um, and you can go to the, the place to look for accreditation of courses is through the EMCC website, the Euro- European Mentoring and Coaching Council. They will 
recognized supervision courses. ICF doesn't at this time. And then if you're looking for a supervisor that actually has experience and has done 125 hours, then you're looking for what is called the ESIA uh, accreditation from EMCC. And that's a pretty good standard to get started. Mm -hmm. So Leslie, what would you say is the number one shift you've seen in in your own practice because of supervision? Hmm, that's a great question. The one, number one, huh. I think being more of a, uh, um, a rounded coach with the whole in body intelligence. So I really learned to work with energy, noticing energy, work with my own, uh, you know, internal body somatics, what's going on inside of me, so that using self as instrument. And also the transactional analysis work, you know, what, what am I, where am I getting hooked? Where's that coming from? I spent a year working with a transactional analysis supervisor. It was great for me to just focus on, you know, where, what's triggering me, where am I creating some transference or, or where am I projecting my own stuff on somebody else like those are really useful pieces to pay attention to in development as a coach and as you're mentoring um kind of newly minted or uh, those coaches who want to become supervisors what are some maybe common mistakes or maybe some common uh, misunderstandings that you see uh, they come to you and you have to mentor them on those. Cool. Let's uh, share that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Lily actually yeah. was my supervision supervisor <laughs> when I was going through my program. You can cut that piece out. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't resist. Well, the very first question is people are confused on what's supervision and what's coaching and what's mentor coaching. Yeah, that's the number one question that people hold. And, uh, and getting used to the different places to, um, to, to look at in terms of the reflection, and bringing more of ourself as a supervisor into the space. So in coaching, generally, we don't talk about ourselves and what's happening with us. Generally, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And as we become an MCC, like a more mastery, we share more. But in supervision, we're partners looking at what's going on. So if I say something like, um, if my if my if my supervisee, the coach, is saying something like, uh, I don't know what they're saying, and I go, oh, I'm I'm you know what? I'm feeling some tension in my shoulders. I wonder if that has anything to do with what we're talking about. That's what we call I six, and that's you know what's happening to the supervisor in the session. What are they becoming aware of in themselves? And my coach supervisee might say, "Oh yeah, I've got this tension in my shoulders too, and it it feels like to me like I'm carrying the burden for this client." Well, that hope opens up a whole area of inquiry, right? So um, the so in supervision, a big focus is on you know what's happening in the space. What energy is showing up? What kind of parallel process is happening? Is there something happening 
with the supervisor and the coach or supervisee. That's also happening with the coach and the client because that's good information too around uh, what what stuff, what energy do we bring and what, what, what's in the system at large. Like I was working with a, a couple of team coaches the other day and they were struggling in their relationship. So we talked a little bit about that and, and I asked, um, how might this be showing up with your team that you're working with? They went, they went, oh my goodness, exactly what's going on, right? One person is taking charge and the rest are feeling like they're, um, they're not quite in the group equally. And, and that's exactly what's happening in our, in our pair of team coaches. And so the question is then maybe, well, now that you're aware of that, how might you show up differently and what kind of contracting is important in all of this? And what's that relationship that needs to be formed? Yeah. And so a little bit on that, just from my own experience working with you as my supervisor, um, I can remember as I was learning, the number one thing that I was just completely lost on, and it seemed like my classmates were too, was am I coaching or am I supervising? Like, would you listen to this and tell me if I'm coaching or if I'm supervising? Because I'm not really sure what the difference is. And um, so I know for me, a lot of the stuff that I learned in supervision actually has enhanced my coaching practice. Also, the, the knowledge and the use of it, I've been able to bring into my coaching. And I also understand that supervision is a very different discipline while a lot of those skills are the same and it may feel a bit like coaching on your coaching it's actually a different discipline um so i can surely appreciate that um so as we wind down lily can you tell us a little bit about what's what's happening in your world that um people might want to reach out to you and and get a hold of Well, in the America's Coach Supervision Network, we are about to launch our fourth annual supervision conference. It's virtual this year. Uh, last year we did virtual. We were supposed to go to Mexico City and we switch it to virtual. So that's a great place to come and learn about supervision. You don't have to be a supervisor. Uh, we have speakers from around the world coming to speak with us. Um, we're going to build community. We're going to dance together. We're going to uh, and then you also can ex experience coaching supervision because we have a section where um, we break out into small supervision groups and one supervisor will take a group and go into a breakout room and have a session. So, um, and the way we've done it this year because of the, um, because we had, I think 24, four different countries show up last year, we've staggered our start time. So day one, we start at seven o'clock, day two, we start at noon, day three, we start at four o'clock so that we can cover people live from all around the world. So that's when we also have that uh, uh, daily, uh, the monthly calls and they're free. So you can check out uh, next time it's Michelle Lucas on being creative in coaching supervision. She's gonna do an exercise on misfits. So I'm really curious to say, oh, what's that all about, right? Um, and then Fiona Adamson is coming in um, mm -hmm. in April to do a little pre-conference event for, because she will be at our conference as well. Uh, the America Supervision Network is also sponsoring a book. So I think we have 21 different chapters. Uh, 
and we're in negotiations for publishing. So the chapters are all finished and we're in editing mode. So that's really exciting. It'll be the first book in North America around supervision. And the other new thing coming up is we're doing a lot of thinking around supervision of supervision. What does that look like? Because now I'm getting quite a number of supervisors coming to me to say, I need some supervision on my supervision. So it feels like it's this whole new world opening up, right? And then, of course, the group supervision starting in May. Excited about that. There seems to be a lot of interest in that. So feel free to reach out. Metaphor Magic Box, I've got a course happening in April and one in, I think it's May. So go ahead. I was just going to ask, what's the website or where do they reach you? Uh, so my website is www.lilyceto.com, L-I-L-Y-S-E-T-O. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And the America's Coaching Supervision Network is America's Coaching Supervision Network. You'll, you'll, you'll find it there. And there's a lot of recordings from past uh, events that are up there, all free. So you got Peter Hawkins, you got David Clutterbuck, you you got some pretty amazing events. We had John Lee Rejoice last month, or this last month, on using Gestalt in, in supervision. So yeah, lots of ways to interact and, and be part of a large community. So everybody's welcome. Yeah, sounds like, sounds, sounds like busy, busy, busy year. And the book is exciting. So uh, we wish you a lot of success uh, in this coming year uh, with everything that's going on. And uh, maybe starting supervision of supervisors. That's going to be interesting. It's like the never ending circle. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, uh, I'm also aware that I, you know, I'm choosing where I'm putting my time. And so right yeah. now it's a lot of my energy is, is being um, is being invited into the supervision space and the indigenous world. So that's my focus right now. Um, I'm, I'm letting go of a lot of my other files in order to create space for all of this because I still love my walks and I still, still love my afternoon naps. <laughs> so. and, and that Pacific Ocean view is probably still amazing. Want to see it? <laughs> so, uh, Lily, thank you so much for coming and spending time with us. Uh, it's been really fun talking to you and learning about all the things, supervision that you are doing and that's going on. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Tandems Coaching Academy, keeping agile coaching non-denominational podcast. And we were your host, Sherry Silas and, Al and myself, Alex, good enough. Bye now. Bye now.